sounds like about 200 people filing out. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. We've, um, many of us that, that have children, and even if you don't have children of your own, you've been to, uh, to photographers and in, in photography studios when they're taking pictures, and especially if they're taking pictures of babies and they're trying to get their attention to look at the camera. They always hold, they hold up a shiny object, you know, or something they'll hold up to get their attention, you know, to get their attention away from whatever else is going on in their minds, you know. And then that happens when we're toddlers and on up, and then as we get a little bit older, we hopefully know how to sit for the camera, and we don't, have, don't need a shiny object. But unfortunately, that is not the end of shiny objects in our lives. We, even as adults, have shiny objects that pop up. And those shiny objects would be put up before us, you know, and we're looking at it, and many times we say, oh, wow, this is a good thing. You know, new car, new house, new job, new position, or whatever it might be, a shiny object. But is that shiny object of God? Okay. Or is it merely a shiny object that's being put up there to distract us away from the truth? Amen. Amen. So we're going to to talk about um, shiny objects and how we need to be able to discern between shiny objects, okay, is that a shiny object, is it a blessing from God, or is it merely a distraction that would take me away from God to get me to go down another path, you see, and the thing about it is, unlike a shiny object that a photographer used, you know, if, if you look at that, I mean, it's not going to take you down to a path to destruction, you know, on I certainly hope it wouldn't. Amen. Amen. But, but here in adult life, and especially as Christians, those shiny objects that, that pop up, if they're not of God, they will lead you down to a path of destruction because they'll take your eyes off of God. Amen. So the question is, how do we discern between a blessing? How do we discern from merely a shiny object which would distract us and take us away from God? A shiny object is a shiny object. You know, all it does is it gets your attention. Okay, but after it's gotten your attention and you're looking at the shiny object, then you need to stop and ask yourself, is this from God or is it a distraction from the enemy to get me away from where God would have me to go? Okay, and that kind of discernment isn't something that we can... Um, that we, that we can, can, can go through, that process isn't something we can go through with our human intellect, okay? Because many times shiny objects are so attractive that if we try to rationalize with our human intellect, it'll be a good thing. You know, oh, that shiny object, yeah, that's me, because you'll stop and you'll think it through. Amen? So therefore then, in order for you to tell the difference between a godly shiny object, so to speak, and something that is not of God, you need to have discernment. And again, we're not simply talking about natural, using wisdom and so on like that. Using, I should say, um, not wisdom, but using uh, uh, intellect or trying to figure it out with your mind. Amen. So as usual, we have to base all of our discussions here on the Word of God. So let's see what the Bible says about this journey. Go to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse number 1. Okay? 1 Kings verse, 1 Kings 3, verse number 1, you know. And so many times those shiny, those shiny objects pop up and at the time we don't even think of them necessarily as shiny objects, you know. A shiny object may be very, very subtle, you know. It might not necessarily be that shiny, but it's something that you are attracted to because it seems like a good thing. You know, shiny objects, by the way, will often pop into our lives, especially as Christians, because there are things that we're praying for. 
Okay? And anything that you're praying for that you really, 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 really want, okay, over time, over a season of time, that shiny object or that thing that you're praying for may seem to manifest in front of you. All right? A, 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 a solution to a problem, an answer. You know, something you'd be praying for may pop up in front of you. But then how do you know it's of God, okay? And we need to make sure that we always make the right choices. So starting with 1 Kings 3, verse, uh, verse number 1. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people, in other words, however, the people, only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. Now, high places, by the way, in biblical terms, is that many of the worship places that were, were, were used uh, in those days were on hills, okay, and especially pagan rites. They were often put up on a high hill where it was very visible and sort of looking down on the people. So what's, what's being said here in verse number 2? Only the people, however, the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built into the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Now, can you imagine if God appeared to you and said, Ask what I shall give you? Okay. I mean, a million things run through my mind, okay? And a million things I'm sure would run run through your mind, okay? And Solomon says, verse 6, And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto my servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Please in the line, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. So here he's saying to God, he's just being quite open, and he says, I'm like a little child. You put me in this place, and, and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to go out or come in. I mean, you, you, you've given, you, you put this before me, and now, O oh Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, in essence he's saying. And then he goes on to say in verse number 8, And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore, verse 9, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern, that I may discern, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? So please underline there all of verse number 9, in particularly, in particular the word discern. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. 
And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast, um, hast asked uh, the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Please underline understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Underline, behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. Underline, please, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any man rise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto all the, uh, thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Please in the line, then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. So what we see happening here is that God said, what would you ask for? You know, it's kind of anything in the world, what is it that you would want? He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for a whole lot of wealth and anything else like that. He said, Lord, you put me before these people and I don't know how to manage this. Give me wisdom and give me understanding so that I can know and be able to discern good from bad or good or evil from, from, uh, from good. You see? And God said, because you asked for that and not for riches or anything for yourself, I'm going to bless you. Okay? So when we are in our lives and these shiny things pop up before us, we need to be able to discern what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong. Should I take this choice to the left or should I go to the right? You see? You know, or, or, or do I just get swayed by this shiny object that lies before me? Right? Okay? So sometimes what we need to do is to ask the Lord, Lord, what should I do? What, what's going on here? How can I choose to go to the left or to the right? Give me the ability to discern. This is what I prayed over all of you this morning. Give me the ability to discern, that spirit of discernment. You see, because without that, you will wind up falling into all sorts of traps. You know, you wind up falling. And the funny thing is, is, is that people say and present things before us and say and do things. And they pull us in and they get us involved. And then we're, we're all of a sudden in this mess and we don't, you know, we can't get ourselves out of it. We don't see the problem coming along because we didn't pray for discernment. You see, and this can happen even with people that we love, even with our loved ones. It can happen with another church members can happen on the job wherever you are where there will be a situation that will come up before you and they'll say hey come and do this or get involved with this and then if you're not using discernment and if you're not letting Holy Spirit minister to you you get sucked right into something that you regret and then you wind up being drawn into a situation that you would not you would have preferred not to be a part of you see so right here at this part we see that God said because of the fact that you didn't ask for riches I'm going to give you this discernment and the wisdom but I'm going to bless you also I will also provide those other things, you see. So this helps us to put things in, in perspective. What's really important to us? Is it important that we should have riches and all of these other good things rather than having discernment to be able to tell good from evil? Being able to tell those people that are, are leading us astray or are planting, or planning harm? All right? So discernment, we see Solomon pray for. Go to Malachi 3. Malachi 3. 
praise God. Need to make thicker pages in some of these Bibles. <laughs> praise God. Malachi 3. Uh, and we're going to just do verses 16. Starting with verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance thou... And a, a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I, when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth, spares his own son that serveth him. And then shall you return and discern, underline, then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. Okay, so underline please, discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. Alright, now, this is another thing that is so very important because we wind up getting ourselves into, into situations, I mean, even into um, where you go to, to be ministered to. I mean, you need to be able to discern whether or not what you're hearing is of God or what you're hearing is not of God. Alright? It says there right to, uh, discern between the righteous and the wicked between him that serves God him and him, him that serves him not. See, and so many people will try to give you advice, let's say so many people will, will come before you to perhaps even start discussing the word of God. You know, you can be in a Bible study and they're going over the scriptures and so forth. How do you discern between what's being taught and what's being said as being right, as being of God or, or not? You, you see, because many things come clothed in, many Come, many things come clothed. Many things come clothed in, in, in the robes of being godly. But if you stop and you listen, they're not. Amen? And you need to, and this is not listening intellectually, it's listening with discernment, you see? Because Holy Spirit is the one that will tell you that this is not of me. What's being said here is not of God. These actions are not of God. This person that is inviting you to attend this function and want you to be involved with it, there's another, there's another motive, there's an ulterior motive why this person is trying to draw you into this, you see. So you need to have some discernment to figure out whether or not these actions, the situation, or where, whatever it is that you might be involved in, whether it's of God or this person even serves God and him that serves him not, you know. There are so many people that I run into on a daily basis, you know, and especially once they find out that you're a Christian, and especially if they find find out that you're a pastor or a minister or anything else like that, you'd be surprised at some of the conversations that I get into, you know? And many times, these people are trying to convince me that what they're saying is right. And many times, I can just stand there and just listen or sit there and just listen and let Holy Spirit minister to me, and you can hear the, the, you can hear the fallacies, you can hear the errors in the words that they're spewing out, you see? But, but on, on, on the surface, so to speak, you know, if you listen long enough to someone that is, has a gift of gab as they say they can convince you that the sky is green you know and you walk away believing it you know and I've had Christians try to argue points of the Bible that are so far off base so far off base oh but so and so said so and so said show me in the Bible where it says that show me in the Bible and it can't be found in the Bible you see but you don't you don't always have the chance or the opportunity to go grab your Bible to verify whether or not what someone is saying is in line with the word of God you see but Holy Spirit that is in you Holy Spirit that is in you with this with the spirit of discernment you will be able to tell what that person is saying is it of God or, or the situation that they're trying to go trying to drag you into um, you know is it of God go to 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians thank you Jesus when 
1 Corinthians, praise God. One Corinthians two and we're going to start with verse verse nine. Two verse nine. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for him that love him. Okay? Now Pausing there just for a moment. Because in order for you to understand discernment and anything dealing with the Spirit of God, you've got to understand that as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. All right? So if you really truly are loving God and if you really truly are seeking to know him and if you are really truly wanting to get into a deeper walk with him, understand that there are things that are out there that are so far beyond what you can possibly understand right now. There are things out there dealing with God that is beyond the human eyes, beyond what human man understands. There's a realm, a spiritual realm in which God abides that he wishes us to operate in that is far beyond anything that you can understand. All right. And I say that I say that as a preface to where we're going to go to get deeper into this discussion is because when you start talking about the spirit of discernment and you start talking about discerning things that someone else may not know. You're getting into an area that's very uncomfortable for some people. You're getting into an area where they're saying, oh, gee whiz, you know, this guy is acting like a, uh, you know, a, uh, what do you call it, a palm reader or, or something like that. And now you're, you're telling me to, to get into some twilight zone thing. And it's not that, it's not so at all. The things of God are supernatural, supernatural, super simply meaning outside of the natural. We operate 99% of the time in a, in a natural realm, in a three-dimensional physical world. But we as Christians, we have our, our feet, our lives, our existence is in two worlds. We exist in a physical world for which we have a three-dimensional body to get around in, but the real true us, which is made in the image of God, according to the word of God, is a spirit being. Okay? So we have this connection with the spirit realm, which is the spirit that obviously God is in. So the things that we're talking about, out here, go, the long, go beyond um, um, uh, the, the natural things of our lives, but get into the deeper, deeper su- supernatural thing, okay? So when you're talking about you're standing in front of someone and someone's trying to sell you a bill of goods, so to, so to speak, you know, or sell you that proverbial Brooklyn Bridge, you know, you know and they're giving you all of this, you're right? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of discernment will give you this quickening inside your spirit saying, wait a minute, this is not of God. Okay, this person is inviting me to participate in this, but this is not of God, or this person has another agenda. They want me to be involved because either they want me to spend money, they want my time, they want my endorsement, there's something, 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 something which is not of God. Okay, and Holy Spirit will give that to you. I has not seen the things which God has in store for you. But you've got to understand that and you've got to expect it, all right, in order for you to operate with that spirit of discernment and to really, really understand when something is trying to come into your life that is not of God, okay? If you don't have your mind understanding and fixed on the fact that, 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 that when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that meant salvation. That means then that I, if I really believe in my heart, in my spirit, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died for my sins, okay, that I am promised eternal life. 
Okay? Now, if you can't really get that down in your craw, in your spirit, and really, really believe it, then everything else that I'm talking about is kind of doomed to kind of just go over your head. Alright? So if you really, really believe that, that salvation has nothing to do with what you can do. Alright? It is not by works. Okay? We don't have salvation because of how good we are. You can give $10 million away, you know, and you can stand on the corner and do this and do that. It has nothing to do with it. Salvation is by the grace of God. Amen? So that is a spiritual thing that takes place. So now you are in the spiritual realm as a child of God, which means now that you have more tools in your toolbox all right, than someone that does not has not accepted Jesus Christ and is not a child of God. There are tools in your toolbox that are far beyond what the non-believer has. But those tools are not three-dimensional physical tools. The most valuable tools, anyway, are not three-dimensional and physical tools. Those, those, those tools that are the most valuable are those deep spiritual tools which God has given us if we learn how to use them. Spirit of discernment is one. All right? But so many times I see Christians that wind up suffering only because of the fact that they do not use the spirit of discernment or listen to Holy Spirit when Holy Spirit is saying don't go there, don't take that trip, don't buy that thing don't listen to that, don't fall into that, Holy Spirit is telling but you have no spirit of discernment to tell the shiny object whether or not it's from God or whether it's from evil or being pulled to the left or being pulled to the right, you see, so that spirit of discernment that's, that, 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 that the, um, um, Solomon pray, prayed for is, is available to us too as God's children All right, but we don't often use it we don't often use it, you see? Okay? There are many times, there are Christians even, that will, will kind of hear the quiet voice of Holy Spirit saying, no, don't go there, don't get involved with that, don't believe that, but that shiny object up there is so bright that it distracts us away from hearing what Holy Spirit is telling us. And we go on and we do it anyway, because the shiny object is so attractive. Okay? So it's so attractive. Right? I had someone, and many of you know this story, have been with me a while, uh, someone that I ran around with when I was a teenager and so forth like that and hadn't seen him in years and years and years. And one day um, I got a call from him out of the blue and he says, hey, this is so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And long time no see. Why don't we get together? You know, there's a party at so-and-so. And then, you know, there's a, there's a new bar that opened up on such-and-such a street. And I just sat there and I quietly listened. And the funny thing is that as he was talking about that, all those years of party and just kind of went back through my mind, instant replay, instant replay, you know, the shiny object, the shiny object. And I said, oh, yeah, we can get together. Tell you what, Sunday services are 10, Sunday service, yeah, Sunday services are 10.30. What do you mean? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. I pastor it. You do what? <laughs> pastor church. Yeah, why don't you meet me at church sometime? We'll have a ball. we have a ball. Yeah, oh, okay, Mike. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Good hearing from good. Okay, I'll give you a call sometime. Click. All right. That was about 15 years ago. Haven't heard from him yet. Okay? You see? You see? But the shiny object. And this was an individual that, as a person that was in the world, I wasn't born again at the time, someone in the world, I mean, he was someone that I loved. He was a very good friend, very good friend, very close, had a, a lot of good times together and so on like that. And so that shiny object, though, that the devil decided to throw in there, if I didn't listen to, to Holy Spirit, didn't have discernment, I could have very well said, oh, well, that, I, I can go to, go to one, one meeting with him. I, I don't have to drink anything. I can go to the bar. I can get by. I can, you know, and that shiny thing get brighter and brighter and brighter. And the next thing you know you give in you see 
And that's how easy it is to get sucked in, the shiny object. All right? okay? But with, with discernment, though, Holy Spirit will not let you get pulled into that. You see. But again, I have to preface it by saying again, reading verse number 9, As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So if you love God, you've got a lot of things, a lot of things out there for you. Verse number 10. But God has revealed them unto us. By who? By his spirit. Underline, please. God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Underline the deep things of God. Okay? Yea, the deep things of God. Right? And there are many Christians who, after a while, they see movement of the spirit. In service. They see movement of Holy Spirit. And they say, I want some of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's, it's good that you want to desire the deeper things of God. Okay? But you've got to really get your head wrapped around the fact that the deeper things of God do not come from the things that you understand. Amen? The deeper things of God here, the deeper things of God, um, as it says, for, for what man knoweth uh, the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth him the spirit of God. Um, now we have received not the spirit of the world, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, verse 10, but God hath revealed unto Reveal them unto us by his spirit For the spirit searches all things Yea the deep things of God Let me slow down here because there's so much I want to tell you The deep things of God are only revealed by the spirit But if you don't understand And really believe that the deep things of God Exist in the spirit realm And it goes beyond simply going to church And listening to someone up here Talking to you from the pulpit That the deeper things of God are driven by his spirit And given by the spirit If you don't understand that You lock yourself out from receiving the deeper things of God Follow? Okay? Follow? All right. So if you really want to have the spirit of discernment and being able to use it, you've got to understand that this is something that no man can teach you, no man can give to you. It comes from God and from God alone. So therefore, you have to believe and operate on a different level than you have all of, the, all of your lifetime before. Okay? Then he goes on to say in verse number 11, For what man knows the things of a man... Save the spirit of a man, except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So underline, even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Okay, so what is that really saying? Most of you here know me fairly well. Okay? Some of you here are my children, children-in-law, and so on. Some of you are very good friends, and you know me fairly well. No one, not even my wife, knows me as well as I know me. Okay? And it's the same thing with you. I don't care how close you are to your spouse. I don't care how close you are to a friend. No one knows you as well as you. Okay? Because that's the way it is. You know, I mean, we all have thoughts and feelings and things like that that we just don't jump up and, and just speak about or share, even without spouses and those that are close to us. No one knows you better than you. So what this is saying here... Um, uh, 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 even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. The deeper things of God, no one knows but the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? So if you start saying that, oh, I understand how the Trinity works, and I know this, and I know that, and I know this, and I know that. I know everything there is to know about God. You are so mistaking yourself, you're so fooling yourself, because you have no idea 
what the deeper things of God holds for you or the deeper things of God means. Amen? So no one knows that, all right? So if you want to know more about me, you know, we go to coffee or lunch or whatever like that, and we, we strike up a rapport between us. You know, and you've done this before. You've met a person, you've gone to lunch with them, and you say, gee, that's a nice person. I really would like to get to know them, all right? The way you get to know them is by being around them, by talking to them, by asking them questions, by spending time with them. If you wanted to know more about me, you would spend more time with me. We would, we would talk more and get deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, this is the way it is with God, Okay? No one knows the deep things of God but the Spirit of God. So if you are really sincere about you want to, to, to expand your um, spiritual maturity and you want to grow in God more, the only way that's going to happen is by you getting to know and understand the Spirit of God. Okay? Verse number 12 says, Now we have received, not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I mean, listen to what this is saying. We have received, not the spirit of the world, okay? The spirit of the world is, is the, way the, the, the way man operates without, without God. Amen? Amen? The spirit of the world, as an example, would be, you know, someone does something to you, the first thing you do is let me fire a memo back. You know, someone sent me a nasty email, let me fire a nasty email back. Someone, someone, someone stops, stops uh, uh, liking my things on Facebook, I stop liking his things on Facebook. Okay, alright? Alright, so it's getting that revenge, okay? That's the spirit of the world. That's the spirit of the world. You know, you know, you know? Whereas if I really cared whether or not someone liked what I put on Facebook, I mean, when I make my semi-annual visit to save the Facebook, what's the, the kids always tease me because, they oh gosh, dad must be on Facebook. When I go liking photographs going back to June, and, they, and their phones are going off, ding, 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 ding. They say, oh gosh, dad's on, dad's on Facebook again. You, you, know, you know, so you send me text messages and whatnot, and two days later, oh, nice, I like, you know. Okay, all right, but so I'm saying, you, you know, Instead of me not liking someone because they don't like the stuff I put on Facebook, okay, the spiritual approach would be to pray for them, okay? Not the spirit of the world, okay? You see, that's a very rudimentary, simple, simple example, you see. But, but the word of God says we, um, uh, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God wants to give you all of these tools freely, Freely, you see. But many times we as Christians, we get so caught up in worrying about the shiny object or worrying about what someone says or thinks about us or whatever, that we overlook the free things that God is giving to us, the deeper things of God. So if you're really, really desiring to get into a deeper spiritual walk with God, this is how you've got to do it. You've got to get to know God. All right? The things we're talking about here, I can't give to you. Okay? I can show you what God is saying in the Word of God. Alright? 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 But that real guidance, the, the day-to-day or moment-by-moment guidance comes from Holy Spirit. Okay? I won't be with you when you get a call from that family member who's trying to get you to get involved in something and God doesn't want you to be involved in it. Or God's trying to give you a warning to watch out for what's going on. I'm, I won't be there. Amen? Amen? So you've got to have this, use the spirit of discernment, have Holy Spirit there, and let the Lord guide you whether or not this is a good thing to do. Choosing a job, choosing a house, anything, anything, especially something that is a major decision, you need to make sure that you're involving Holy Spirit in that. Okay? And then when Holy Spirit is telling you what to do, don't let Holy Spirit's guidance be overridden by that shiny object. Alright? Because that shiny object will be so attractive, and it takes so many forms. Okay? If I was to 
do like a management seminar up here and put a flip chart and go around the, the room here and say, tell me what you think a shiny object is. Give me an example. Give me a, boy, we'd be here until 5 o'clock tonight because there are so many ways a shiny object can come into your life. Amen? 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 So, so it just says, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Freely given to us. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words, listen to this. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, please in the line, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, underline, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay? Okay? The things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. So if the Bible is saying that, then there must be a difference between what man teaches and what Holy Spirit teaches. Alright? They must not be the same thing. Alright? Okay? You go following man's wisdom. You may be successful for a couple of points or something like that. But eventually, if it's not in line with what God wants for your life, it's going to fail. Okay? It's going to fail. Alright? You know, you know, you, you, you can, and again, again, you know, people have such influence over our lives to bring um, shiny objects in, you know, you know, someone giving you advice, you know, do this and do this and do that. And it may seem the right thing and you may benefit by it. But if you're not listening to what Holy Spirit is saying, by the time you get to step number two, all of a sudden things are starting to fall apart. Because if you had listened to Holy Spirit, you wouldn't have gone to step one. Okay? But you looked at the shiny object. Or by man's wisdom. All right. Well, I ran the numbers. I did an Excel, uh, an Excel spreadsheet. I ran some charts and graphs. And look at this, boy. Two years from this now, two years from now, or three years from now, I'll have this. I'll have that. My bank account will be fat and full and so forth. All right. Okay. Then all of a sudden, you follow step one and step two of that shiny object. All right. Holy Spirit was telling you, no, 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 don't go, don't go there. The guy's a shyster. All, all your family family member member wants is this. Don't go there. Don't go there. But you don't listen because the shiny object seems so shiny and beautiful to you. You go there anyway, and then after a while you get to step number four, five, and six, and everything go, falls apart. Everything falls apart. Okay. Everything falls apart. Right? But even with that, thank God, because He loves us, as the song said. Because He loves us. Because He loves us. If you do fall for that shiny object, and you're really desiring to walk with God, Holy Spirit will show you where you went wrong. See, that's the wonderful thing about God. If you make a mistake by not listening to Him, you consult God. God will show you exactly where you didn't listen. And at that point in time, you ask God's forgiveness, you repent. Amen, amen. And you say, Lord, show me. How can I get out of this mess? You see, and because of the fact that God loves you so much, He'll get you out of the mess. All right, you may have wasted some time, some money, or whatever it may have been, but again, faith in God, knowing that God is greater. Nothing is impossible with God. He can get you out of that mess. You see, you see. But to go back to what it's saying here, though, you know, um, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, underline, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can, can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Alright? So in other words, the deep spiritual things of God, the natural man, the natural man is our mind without God, without influence of Holy Spirit. 
You know? You know? And I, I've told you, you've all have heard, I mean, I was praying for someone and Holy Spirit simply said, walk around her three times. And, and in the natural, it would make no sense. Make no sense. I could have stopped and argued, why should I walk around? What about two and a half, Lord? What about one? Or should I do five? Right? You do what the Lord tells you to do. Amen? She's slain by Holy Spirit and she got up and she was healed. Amen? So this is nothing that makes sense into the natural mind. Someone on the internet hearing this podcast will probably say, oh boy, oh boy, he's one of them. Okay? Because they don't believe in the spirit of healing. They don't believe what Holy Spirit can do. Amen? So to the natural mind, the things of God do not make sense. Alright? And you speak to someone, especially to someone that's not, a non, that's not a believer, and you start telling them some of the things that God has done in your life, and they look at you like you're crazy. They must be one of, he must be one of them Bible thumpers, boy. You know? You know, he must be one of those born again Jesus nuts, you know? Okay? Because the things that we know of Holy Spirit, the things that God has done for you, the miracles that God in, has done in your life, small or big miracles, the, the blessings that you've received, you try to explain that to someone who does not know God and it makes no sense. Makes no sense. Because they're not operating on the same plane as you. They're not operating on the same level. Amen? A- amen? Amen. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Everyone in the office is getting a pink slip because the office is downsizing. There's a tremendous layoff. You come back from lunch and there's none on your desk. And you sit down and you look around and you, sit, you may say a prayer for them or whatever, you know. And someone comes over to you and inadvertently they say, aren't you worried? Every other desk has a, you know, a pink slip. You say, no, I'm not. Why aren't you worried? You got time? You want to go for coffee? I'll tell you. And you tell them why you're not worried and they don't believe it. They look at you like you got two heads. You know, well, what evidence do you have? How do you know that tomorrow there won't be a pink slip on, you, on your desk? But I'm not bothered by it. If it is, God will take care of me. What does that mean? God's going to pay your mortgage? Yes. You see? But to the unspiritual mind, the ungodly mind, it makes no sense. It's foolishness. You see? Then they walk away and they talk about you. And they say, boy, that guy, hey, Mike, is he who? He's off his rocker, man. Everyone's laid off and, he, and he's talking about he's not worried. God's going to pay his mortgage. Oh, boy, he's gone. You see? makes no sense to them. All right? Okay? But we know the power of God. Verse number 15 says, He, but he that is spiritual, but he that is spiritual, he that is spiritual, judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Okay? So you you do and you tell them, yeah, God will pay my mortgage, but man can't judge you for saying that. Amen? Amen? Verse 16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Now you've got to believe that. You said you were born again. You said you believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that he died for your sins. At that point in time, you were adopted into the family of God. You have the right to be called a son or a daughter of God. You believe that. If you can believe that. So who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct? Nobody can instruct God, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Amen? So we're talking about here operating on a much, much, much different level. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Boy, I hope you got appetite today because you're getting some meat today. Getting some meat here. Praise the living God. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to start with um, 
Now I'll start at one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. All right, now that's an important you know, statement right there. I would not have you ignorant when it comes to spiritual gifts. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Okay? So we see a couple of things there. First of all, so, um, you know that you were uh, Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were, as, as you were led. You see, um, many times before you know the Lord, you're followed by all sorts of other stupidness. I can't think of any other word, you know. And to the person that does not know God, they would rather believe that, you know, I went, to the, um, I went to the flea market and I saw this beautiful antique cross. I bought the antique cross and I put it in my backyard. And now that antique cross, all of a sudden, it projects this image of Jesus. So I go out to that cross and that, that image and I pray to that cross and that image every single day. And that image told me to go do so-and-so. And that cross then spoke out to me and said, go do so-and-so. Now we know, as Christians, how ridiculous that sounds. You'd be surprised how many people are, 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 have fallen into traps like that, where they actually start worshipping um, um, stones and rocks and painting. Uh, what was the miracle at uh, Fatima, I believe it was, where they, uh, the little girls, uh, I think it was, saw the vision of Mary or something, and they had thousands and millions of people flocking to that, that place in Fatima, you, you know, just to be at that site. You know, my heart goes out to them and I pray for people like that, that Holy Spirit will speak to them and that they will listen to God and follow what they're doing. But they're led by dumb idols. Okay, you know, the scripture that talks about idols made with wood and gold and so forth like that, that man makes them and whatnot. And these dumb idols don't speak. You see, this is what this is saying here. It says that you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. If you're saying Jesus is Lord and you believe that it's because you're following the unction of Holy Ghost and you're following what Holy Spirit is saying to you. Amen. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but is the same God with works all in all, which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Okay, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to you to benefit you, to benefit you, to benefit you. This is why we should be so desirous of the gifts of the Spirit. Because the gifts of the Spirit benefit you in life. All right? Can you imagine how you would be without discernment, without the other various gifts of the Spirit, without Holy Spirit? It's given to you to benefit you. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. Underlined. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds or various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. See, we have people, they want to ignore all of this and say, no such thing as tongues. No such thing as interpretation. But all these works uh, work that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. 
Alright? So the various gifts that are given, and I won't get into a whole discussion, I mean that's a sermon and it's a teaching class on the gifts of the Spirit. But, but these things are given by the, will, by the Holy Spirit, by His will. Okay, which gets to another point, and I discussed this a couple of times again, that don't fall victim to these so-called ministries that talk about, you know, come and join my healing school, or come and join my prophecy school, and we, and, and, and if we take Visa, MasterCard, American Express, money orders, we take whatever you got, pennies and jars, piggy banks, and whatever, we'll take it all from you, and we can teach you how to prophesy, we can teach you how to heal. And if you don't get it right, we'll just keep teaching you until you, until you get it right. This is not done by man, this is a gift of Holy Spirit. Amen? So the minute you hear such a thing, you need to run with all haste in the, in the opposite direction. Amen? Amen? Uh, then he goes on to say, um, certainly as he will. How far do I want to go here? I go a little further. For as the body is one, it has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been, and have been all made to drink, uh, to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, um, where were the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. For if they are all one member, who were the body? But now are there many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need for thee, nor again the head, head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, uh, much more of those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow another abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that which which part which lacked, that part which lacked, um, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And it just goes on to talk about, in other words, what that is basically saying, that all of the gifts of gifts the Holy Spirit gives, uh, has to, to give to people, if you find those gifts in operation in a ministry, you'll find that they're all complementing one another, okay, as God so gives them, all right? But I don't want to get too far off the, off the thought of discernment there. You see that it's mentioned as a gift. Um, let's see, let's go to Hebrews 4 and getting to wind down here Hebrews 4 praise the living God Hebrews 4 start with verse number 9 a few more scriptures here and we'll close Hebrews 4, verse 9. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. So one of the first things you have to do to enter into God's rest is to stop, stop you, you know, your, your own works. Thinking that you can do things and accomplish things in yourself. Okay, as God did from his. Verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, unless any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Let us labor, let us work to enter into that rest, unless any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing 
piercing even to the uh, dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner, underline discerner, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay? See, the Spirit of God intent, uh, the, the Spirit of God discerns um, the intents of the, the, the reasonings or the motives, that's what we're looking for. You know, understands the motives or reveals the motives of people that might be around you. You know, the, the, God knows. You know, the, the, the Word of God can cut, to, cut through all of that. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. One of the wonderful things about Jesus is that Jesus was God and man, so therefore he, he knew what it was like to experience the, the frailties of the, of the human, the, the man side of him. Last verse here, 1 John 4. One John four and we're just gonna go one through six here. One John four. Okay. And this discernment getting gets around also to us believing, you know, and who we trust and beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Please underline all of that. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Okay? So just don't take things on face value because someone says to you, 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 you know, one of the things I, 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 I love is, yeah, you, someone runs up to you and says, oh boy, I've got a word for you. Holy Spirit said, I said to tell you this. You know, and they start speaking in all the fancy these and thous and roll off, you know, and all that stuff. Well, it, it, don't go taking that stuff on face value. You know, try the spirit. Try the spirit, whether or not it's of God. Whether or not it lines up with what the word of God says. You know, you know, you know. Holy Spirit told me you're going to become the king of Siam. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. You need some Alka-Seltzer, buddy? Something, something's wrong. Do you need two aspirin? Right. I mean, try the Spirit. You know, don't go believing everything that someone says to you. All right? Especially when it comes down to dealing with your life and the things of God. Try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are going into this world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come, in, is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now, already, it is in the world. All right? I want to take you to this meeting with me. Having a great time. A lot of people attend. Yeah, and it's right from the Bible. Okay? You start inquiring. Believe in the Trinity? Well, you know, the Trinity came later on. Later on, You believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Well, um, not, not exactly. I mean, he's the brother of Satan, actually. God created them both. 
Yeah. You gave a puzzled face. Yeah. This is, this is true. This is true. Those that believe that Jesus and, and Satan are, are brothers. And God created them. You know. And to get through all of this other stuff, you know, you need to try the spirits. Alright? What is it that they really, really believe? Oh, they got good Christian music. They got a good youth group. They got a good men's fellowship. They got a good ladies' fellowship. Yeah, but who are they pointing you to worship? Alright? Where are they relative to what the Word of God says? Okay? Alright? You try, try the spirits. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Underline that, please. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you're being exposed to that kind of stuff. Remember who is in you. You've got Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit of God in you. And greater is he, Holy Spirit of God, that is in you than he that is in the world. So you can overcome that nonsense. You know, and you don't have to stay and listen to that and be held captive by that. You know, once you know that this person is rattling off a bunch of claptrap and it's a bunch of nonsense, not in line with, with, with the word of God, get up and leave, get up and go, distance yourself. You know, oh, that's my brother-in-law. Well, pray for him and try to lead him to the right way. Oh, that's my sister. Well, pray for her and try to get her the right way. Don't you let that shiny object that that person may be talking distract you away from, the, away, from, away from what the Word of God says. Amen? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You bind up that spirit of Antichrist. You bind it up. I refuse to hear it. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. I don't care who the person is. You see? You see? Because if you're not careful, you know, those shiny objects become so attractive to you, you wind up going right over to that side before you even realize it. And part of that many times because you want to be popular. You want to be liked by the person. You know? You know, it's better for you to pray for them, really pray for them, and be quote-unquote liked by God. Okay? You know? So many times I hear the argument, you know, about heaven and hell and does hell exist and what happens, you know, do we go into a soul sleep, uh, you know, total blackness, nothing is around and so forth like that. And I'll entertain the discussion for about 25 seconds and then at that point I'll just say, all right, listen, I'll tell you what, let's, let's, let's finish this discussion on this note. Okay? Okay? If you are right that there's nothing after a physical death, Total blackness, that's it, end of discussion, life is done, no, no, no afterlife. If you are right, then there's nothing for us to worry about. Got nothing for us to worry about. However, if I'm right, you, buddy, got a whole lot to worry about. Okay? If I'm right, that there is a heaven, there is a hell, that every single soul on this planet Earth will spend eternity in one of two places, okay? If I'm right, buddy, you've got a lot to worry about. Okay? And then with that, I say, have a nice day. And I walk away and I pray for them. And that's it. But I'm not going to entertain those kinds of discussions. I won't, I won't, I won't get into them, you know. Verse number 5 says, says, They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. <laughs> you hear people on TV, especially of late, and I'm not saying, you know, who to vote for and all this, except I say that we as Christians need to be, we need to vote, we need to be involved. 
God says that we, are, we should be a part of, of, of society and so on. But, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. And you hear some of these people speaking so many ungodly things, yet still they're popular. Yet still they're popular. You see? Because what they're speaking, the world hears, and the world wants to hear it. Whether or not it's in line with the word of God or not. You see? Yes, so there are people that are, are, are willing to put this, put this country at, at risk. And I'm not saying either side. I'm just simply saying to put the country at risk to, 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 to let um, Christianity continue to be persecuted. Okay? Because there are those that want to hear it. Alright? 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 They are, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that knoweth God Heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Okay? Okay? He that knoweth God hears us. So if you're talking to someone else who is a child of God, I mean really a child of God, they understand exactly where you're coming They understand what you're talking about. Okay? I'm speaking to all of you now, and you understand where I'm coming from. I mean, you, 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 I, I'm not giving you something that's my opinion. We're reading the Word of God here, all right? Okay? All right. So what it's saying that he that knows God hears us. So you're talking to someone that knows God. They will understand exactly what you're saying. They'll understand that. However, you know, hereby know, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay? In other words, this is how you know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay? And the spirit of error, the, 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 spirit, the spirit of error, the spirit of error is that spirit that partially quotes the word of God and then goes off on some other tangent, you know, and they will swear that they're talking and speaking of the word of God. Well, again, again this is where discernment comes into play, where you knowing the word of God and knowing Holy Spirit can understand where things are departing and going into left field and, and so on. Amen. So in closing, let's just say that beware of shiny objects. Okay? You know, and the shinier the object, I would really put on some spiritual sunglasses, you know, so that you can be protected from those things and and let Holy Spirit guide you, you know. Because as Jesus continues to tarry according to the Word of God, uh, we're going to need the Spirit of discernment. We're going to need Jesus. We're going to need guidance from Holy Spirit as time continues, as Jesus continues to, to tarry. Amen. Because times are going to get more and more challenging. You see evidence of that all around us right now. Things that are becoming so acceptable. Things that, things that are right, which are now considered wrong. Things that are wrong are being accepted because the world is accepting it. Amen. So you need to be careful that you're not swept up in that uh, tidal wave that's going. And make sure that we stay firmly grounded. Firmly grounded to the Lord with Holy Spirit guiding us. Amen. Amen. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.